What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Grid Bros. It's Abdul. Yo, homies. It's awesome. And this is just after French Grand Prix. It is two weeks. We've had a two weeks break from Austria to now. So a lot has happened since then. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yes. And just before we do start talking about the French Grand Prix, we do just want to clarify some points. We eps- With last episode, yeah. So there were a few things that we said we would um, follow up on. And that's the midfield battle, like the points in the constructors table, how they decided like when Alpine and McLaren are level one points, how do we determine who goes on top? And it was pretty simple in the end. It's just like the drivers championship. If they're level, it goes to whoever's had the highest win. Or the and highest if, finish. Yeah, the highest finish, sorry. And then if they yeah, if they haven't had any first place wins, it goes to second and so on. So for drivers it's just the drivers finishes, for constructors it's the teams finishes. Yeah, so last week, because obviously they were equal on points. Yeah. And McLaren was ranked higher? Yeah, McLaren was... Because of Lando's finishes. Because Lando was the only one who finished third, which was the highest out of those four drivers. Yeah, but now obviously Alpine have overtaken them by a few points just because they had a good finish. Yeah, now that level, that whole um, controversy part is gone because they're not level one points anymore. But it's a long, long season and they're not that far away from each other, so it could happen again. It can. That's going to go back and forth. I think eventually McLaren will come and just overtake them eventually they will by hopefully. i think hopefully. by hopefully singapore or japan they will yeah and then there won't be there'll be a gap enough for people to know or for us to actually know that mclaren is on top yeah <laughs> yeah speaking of mclaren as well do you remember last week we, we said how no one's actually come out and said anything about daniel ricardo's situation yeah it was just Since daniel then obviously daniel has clarified it I, i'm glad he did because otherwise it was just do you know if nobody actually came out and said anything specific just not just in interviews here and there, just dropping it in that, oh yeah, I'm staying, I'm this, this, this. But because he's actually come out and fully said, no, I'm here till the end of 23 and me and the team are committed to each other. I feel like that sorts it out for now. I feel like that helps it for Daniel Ricciardo fans and you more than anything. Like for me, I was fine with the first time he came out and said that, yeah, I'm staying here. If people want to talk about it, they can talk about it, but I'm going to stay till the end of my contract. But then everybody that was, was discussing how... Yeah, but I'm just saying from my point of view, like that was all I needed to hear. Like, okay, that was saying, enough. I, even after that, people were still discussing who's going to come sign with McLaren right now for next year, for the year after when they get rid of Daniel. Yeah, I only Daniel. read after that statement came out. The rumors stayed, but from what I was reading, it was looking ahead to 2023 when his contract ended. So not next year. They kind of like thought, oh, so Daniel is staying next year, but let's still talk about when he his contract is up. So he is here till at least the end of 23. Yeah, which we all know now. But yeah, also, um, the obviously the things that happened at the Austrian Grand Prix where people were being racist to other people. Oh yeah, that unfortunate Yeah, have they again. Have they concluded the investigation yet? Or So they said straight away, because I think there was way too much traction, like Lewis and I know Checo now and Vettel as well have come out and put statements out on how like these people are not actually fans of the sport and they don't share our values, so they shouldn't be here they should give Checo even said that they should be lifetime bans for these people they're not welcome yeah they're not welcome in our sport which is exactly what you want to hear right um and from the FIA's point of view they just said that there's an investigation that's going to take place and they didn't give a time frame on it so we're kind of just looking out and seeing whenever there's updates and there was a small update um I think they said they're going to use France and Budapest so France the race we just had and the next race before the summer break as like trials for three new um, 
methods that they're going to try and put in to make fans feel safer so like one of them i read was signs saying like be nice to people <laughs> respect each other so that's one i don't but they've know. always had that i feel like they've always had that any event you go to they have like it's just there, little like, reminders yeah yeah just because yeah. everybody knows there's a big crowd so anybody can just be nasty to anybody yeah so that's one new thing allegedly that they've implemented um, more security and more visible security and the security will have the ability to eject people so that's like giving them more empowerment so that could work and phone lines as well so people will be able to see like if they're getting abused or if they have something to report they'll have a let's call that number yeah they'll have a phone line where they can report it a lot of us did expect a lot more but i think this is just the starting because there's a summer break coming so maybe by summer break the investigation is going to be finished but after summer break and then they'll announce something bigger that this is what will happen to the obviously the fans who were obviously who they found out who they were from austria and in the future if you're caught like not caught doing it yeah if you do this that's it this is what happens to you yeah no this definitely isn't the end of it i think this is just the first steps to review to see if these methods actually make a difference or help people or not and then yeah they've got a four-week break in summer i think yeah Yeah, to go over the findings from whatever data that they get and actually make we were also speaking about this uh, how obviously Czechos come out and made a statement as well right but uh, we were speaking of christian horner's statement yeah so Obviously, as a Red Bull fan, like I see their statements a lot more. And it was kind of annoying because it was, I think, at the time of the Yuri Vips and who was it? It was um, PK. Nelson, Nelson PK. Yeah, Nelson PK comments. So those two comments came out pretty close together, a few days apart. And Red Bull put out a statement really quickly for Yuri Vips um, saying how they're not, they don't condone I think to that because it was the actual driver. That's why they had to do it in a different way. Yeah. Um, and they needed to do an action, like if they were going to suspend him or whatever they were going to do, they had to act on it because he yeah. was part of their team, right? Um, and then for Nelson Piquet, he's not, he is part of the Red Bull team, isn't he? He's not directly he's part, involved. No, he's not, he's, the, he's not part of their team. He, he's just linked to Max. That's why He's he, still linked he, to, he's he, linked to the team. Yeah, people probably, see him through Red Bull. Yeah, he's always in the paddock and stuff. So he is no, somewhat linked to the team. Um, but yeah, when they asked Christian Horner about like, you've done a statement for Yuri Vips, but you've not said anything about Nelson. And he's, his response was, like, quite disappointing. He just said, like, oh, we've done a statement for Yuri, so you can use that. It's the same thing that shows our position on racism. So just Yeah, and when you told me this part, then my reaction was, that's exactly what Lewis said. Uh, do you know how it's almost as though everyone's just got one statement ready for, for when this happens, just put this statement out? Yeah, like the so, PR teams. Like It's kind of like Christian Horner's proved that point a little bit, saying that, okay, yeah, just look at the statement we put out for Yuri Vips to... Nelson PK rather than yeah. commenting on it and say yeah this yeah Nelson shouldn't have said this or whatever he need, his opinion was rather yeah, than just saying free, pointing right? to a statement you can just put out a statement like it's not going to cost anything yeah but that's to show that he, most probably there there are companies and there is people out there that just have it ready when somebody's racist I'll just put this out that's just calm everybody down yeah which is yeah so that was a little bit annoying because in that moment if, fair enough if you didn't put a statement out but in that moment he still could have said yeah we don't condone it but he yeah. he avoided saying that as well. He was just like, yeah, go back to the Yuri Vip statement. Yeah. yeah. So, but I guess everyone's different because um, I know Toto came out straight away and said like, these are not our fans. That's totally wrong. Shouldn't be happening. Checo now has said similar things. Yeah. So I guess people are different, but it was just not nice. Speaking of statements, um, <laughs> Franz Toast? Toast? Oh yeah. So moving on to, that was like last week's review and catch up stuff, but 
moving on to this week's news and more of like France theme. What what did France Toss say? Was it about Yuki? Is Yuki yeah do better or leave? Or was it... So I think they were asked like what what do you think Yuki has to do to stay at the team or something like that or what's or because I think further. Yuki's contract was quite short right because at the start of the season I know Pierre and Yuki were both ending soon. Uh, Yuki uh, Pierre's been announced obviously so he's going to be staying with AlphaTauri for longer but I'm not sure what Yuki's status is. But that's still the end of 23 for Pierre because yeah so one more year right yeah. But I think Yuki's must be this year then. So they must have asked about what's Yuki's position in the team. And what did you think? So do you have the statement? I've got the quote. He just said his driving performance will determine whether he stays. So if he drives well, he'll stay. If he drives, if he doesn't, then he won't. Yeah, obviously, when I read it after, I was fine with it. But at that time, if it comes across as though like you're just saying, yeah, well, he's got to go now. As though he's doing something bad, like do better or leave. It's not that he was doing bad. Yeah, it's just that I guess... it comes across like that, but it's... He's not doing bad, but Alpha Tori in general this year are not performing to what you expect them to be. Yeah. So that... Yeah, especially compared to last season. They've had like a terrible time. Yeah. I was looking at the finishes as well and like they've got a lot of zero points. Zero yeah, they've been points. like really low. DNFs as well. Another DNF from France as well for Yuki. Yeah, Yuki, yes. Yeah, so he got hit by Ocon quite early, right? And his wing was damaged straight away. Yeah. And then he had to pit to fix that. But then what made it worse, like that was bad enough because it was an early pit stop, but you can still recover from that. But then there was a safety car afterwards and the rest of the grid all pit. So they all had a free pit stop he lost and out. Yuki was forced to have his pit stop earlier. So he lost out both ways, really. But then after, who did he get hit by that? Because I saw, the, the, do you remember when the side part was? Side of the yeah, it was, was Ocon. Ocon went into him. Again? No, that was the first. So when he Did pit, he get hit again? No, because when he went in and they put, why was it a DNF? No, the DNF was because of the damage. It was still oh, the damage was too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because afterwards, and I said, when they pulled this car into the garage, then from the side, you can see that there's actually a lot of damage on the side. Yes. Was it the left side? It was the left side of the car. Yeah. yeah so that's what the wing was damaged because Ocon hit him on the left side. And then that damage probably just stayed with him for the rest of the race. And just caused him to just... Because they can change the wing, but the rest of it is like... Yeah, they can't just keep putting duct tape it. on everything now. They can't, <laughs> but a lot of them do. So no, it's especially just, Alphatari, that was Yeah, thing. Red Bull did it the other day as well. But it's that thing of when it happens, that's the quickest thing, quick fix. They need. Yeah, that. you need something. Yeah, quick. they need it right there. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, let's just do something uh, like start taking the car apart right there. But that's fine. So moving on to the race. Yeah. How did the race start for you? How was the race start for you? So my prediction was obviously Charles to win the race, Max second, and Lewis third which was like another three-way podium. That's what I was expecting. And then the way the race started, Charles looked like unstoppable. Yeah, he just he's, looked like he's, gonna, he's ready to take over the world. Yeah, exactly. So throughout the whole weekend, Carlos obviously looked the best driver, right? With that new power unit and just being comfortable on the track. Every session, he looked good. But because we knew he was starting at the back of the grid, I didn't expect him to like get points or podium. Well, I expected him to get points, but not podium. I didn't expect him to be challenging for the win, especially. Which I think he could have gotten points. He could have actually gotten the podium as well had it not been for the five-second penalty. Yeah. But obviously that penalty happened because um, I was looking at it after as well. Do you know, it's because the the back, the jack in the back didn't yeah. drop the car in time. Yeah. And by because t- he was waiting for it, and then by the time it dropped him, he moved off right away, and then that was it. Yeah, but that was super dangerous. That was re- yeah. that was really bad because yeah. even th- when you look at the replays from top, it looks like it actually hit him, hit yeah. Alex. 
Sorry, yeah. he came in Alex's way. Then that's why I said him. He came in Alex's way. So it, it it was just Alex's brakes that just moved, and Alex moved a little bit to the left. Yeah, he reacted to it well. Yeah, it, it, that reaction was really good. Obviously, that saved the whole crash because imagine one of the races could have finished, or both the races could have finished. Yeah, right there. quite easily. In that pit stop, that was it. But um, I thought Charles was doing really well. So obviously, that. What do you think? Uh, do you think it was the car or Charles? Because often, Charles was really quick to come out and say that it was his mistake. But then there were people speculating that. Charles is just taking the blame for the team because no, Ferrari's been under so much fire this season that... I don't believe that. Like, I don't think that's the case. I don't think it was just his, it was. I think it was his error as well, but it's just that... Yeah. I know Nico Rosberg said something like, okay, we should wait and see it because... Yeah, Nico a, Rosberg seemed like he was there on Sky Sports, right? And he seemed like he, he was, just yeah. could not believe that Charles would make a mistake like this because Charles is too much of a good driver. That's what it came across to me like. But if Charles it did come across it, like that to me, it just to me it came across as to how he wanted it to come across that maybe Charles is just trying to cover for the team or something. But even afterwards, they have said that it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with the car. But when you're looking at when uh, in the cool down room, when George and um, Lewis are already there, the Red Bull um, somebody from Red Bull was there, and then they asked him what happened. Max. He said, "Not Max, one of the engineers or okay. whoever. Do you know whoever gets uh, the trophy for the constructors?" Whoever picks up the other trophy for the team, whoever yeah. gets the, the team I who, never know who gets that. The team who gets the victory, well. right? Has another person from the team, uh, another team member, comes and gets an extra trophy, right? Is it always the winner though? Because it's I'm always sure the sometimes... winner's oh. team member. So whoever was there, he said his throttle got stuck or jammed, but then after they just lost the like the sound oh, from so... that room. But he, even though he said that, Charles had already said that he made a mistake yeah no but the throttle thing that was nothing to do with the crash but afterwards on the radio um, even just after the crash charles like uh, i can't find the throttle or something yeah yeah so that was nothing to do with the crash right yeah that wasn't but it was after he just couldn't find it with his foot but everybody assumed that there's been a car problem something that he's less like talking about the throttle now because so okay um, mateo came out and had the interview afterwards and the throttle was um so when he crashed into the barrier you're supposed to try and reverse out and see if you can carry on the race and how to get into reverse is to use the throttle and there's a few settings that you go to. So that's where he was saying, I can't find the throttle. So he's saying he couldn't find reverse basically. So that's after the crash. Yeah. Because he should have tried to reverse and see if he can carry on and make it to the pit. But when he said that, yeah. when he said about the throttle, everybody just assumed that. Yeah, everyone assumed that, oh, was the throttle a, broken and made him crash. Yeah. But that was like completely separate. Yeah. But it was actually heartbreaking hearing him scream like that because it was just, it was such heavy breathing. And then all of a sudden that, yes. not all of a sudden, it was just like, no, that was just like, obviously you understand it because it's just like so many races he's leading. It's going to be a comfortable victory. And then something happens that you see there a DNF or a crash out or something, something happens. Yeah, he does look comfortably ahead. Like, the and points... I actually feel like Ferrari's actually got a better car this year, but it's just, it's unable to, fi- it's been unable to finish so far. Yeah, it's been really bad for yeah just finishing the race literally hopefully it'll get better because we need it to to keep the title race interesting not just to keep the title race we just need Charles to become champion like <laughs> yesterday like, speak for yourself <laughs> no it is that I feel like it, Charles can still become champion if he wins the next three obviously and then Max doesn't finish on the podium that'll still bring him really close in points because if Max is at. still on the podium and Charles is winning that's only six points that's 12 points that's it's still 50-point gap even after three races. Yeah, 20. it's really hard to have a big swing because even yeah. when, after Silverstone, do you remember when we came away from that race and Max finished, like, down there? And I thought, oh, that's such a bad race for him. Like, And Charles finished P4 just off the podium. So, yeah. obviously, that was because if Max um, had some 
something stuck underneath his car and it was reducing his performance. But it was always like looking at how far ahead can Charles finish to open up that gap. But that was like probably the worst finish that Max has had in a while and the gap still didn't open up yeah, that that's much. The, so he got away it with it. Comes, it. It might look like to us that, oh yeah, if Charles wins the next three races, he'll close that gap. It won't close if Max is still on the podium. Yeah. And he's like, let's be honest, he's likely to finish on the podium. He's very likely, but to be honest, I feel like next race is a Ferrari race. He'll, a Ferrari will actually win it. The way Carlos is looking. I hope Carlos actually wins it again. Like, I was saying again, <laughs> he wins his second race now. Like, it'd be nice because he was actually he, he is it... actually unstoppable right now. I feel like that since Silverstone, that's, it's given him that edge that I've got this, I'm doing this, I'm going to win it and yeah, I'm here. Yeah, but what do you want then? Do you want Charles to win or do you want Carlos to win? Because if Carlos wins, the gap's going to stay small for Charles and Max I like Carlos Carlos can win it but obviously I'm a bit confused myself I think (laughs) (laughs) it's that thing I want Charles to become champion eventually it's maybe it's not going to be this year but next year it can happen but it's that thing if next year Mercedes sort their car out then Charles is going to have another spanner in the works yeah Yeah. because Charles is going to be like okay not last year was the best shot I had which is this year and then Mercedes is up there again but because you could say technically this year is four drivers are up there fighting for the. We say title, that, but Max right? is really ahead. Like Max Ma- is quite far ahead, but I wouldn't rule out Carlos and Checo. Anything can happen. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, I'd I don't, say those I don't four. say Max is. Oh, this is Max's championship now. It can't. It can be, but to say that, I think is a bit naive. Yeah. Just to say, because we've still got what ten races to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so we'd like maximum. There's four drivers fighting for this championship. But next year, yeah, like you say, if Mercedes are back, that's six already. Yeah. That's a big difference. That is because George is not even like being on the podium the whole time, but he's got good points right now. He's, he's, not, he's like, literally yeah. a point different to Carlos. So, yeah, so that's that. Oh, just speaking of Mercedes, what what do you think? Why do you think Mercedes is doing so bad this year? I How have they not been able to figure out the car yet? I don't understand, like, because. Every time someone talks about it and they say the new regulations, they just haven't adapted well to it, blah, blah, blah. But then it's the same for every team, right? I understand Ferrari probably had a head start. They focused on this car before anyone. But Red Bull didn't. Like, If anything, I would expect Mercedes to have a similar performance to Red Bull. I understand Ferrari being like way ahead. Because like, like I said, they... Focused. Yeah, Ferrari's just come back from the back this year and just taken over. And like, They yes, literally, yeah. halfway through last year, they pretty much said like this is like a write-off for us we're focusing on next year's new regulations making our car better for them but mercedes and red bull were fighting right to the end last year so if we use an excuse like oh mercedes didn't have time to develop the car as much because it was so focused on last year red bull in the same situation so i don't understand how that gap is like so every, it, obviously it's that thing the team had there's the team is always prepared and knows that okay next year eventually they're going to start focusing on next year they might still be focusing on next year uh, this focus must be on next year now as well like it's not just this year they that's it they've forgotten about next year yeah they're not it's always going to be there yeah it's not that they they're not they don't know what they're doing yeah they know what they're doing but a part of me felt as though obviously with the upgrades they're, they're getting better with as the upgrades come through they do get better you but do yeah, see the difference i think george said it's perfectly like however good the upgrades are being everyone else on the grid is doing upgrades as well and they're getting better as well. So you can't really see how good they're getting, but even though they are getting better, but they're not because everybody else is improving. They're still there. They're still stuck in the same position. Yeah. A part of me felt as though, do you know how there's budget caps now? Yeah. A part of me feels like that's put Mercedes down in a sense, but even though everyone's got, it's equal for all the teams, but 
for all those teams all that time the constructors obviously i think whoever wins the constructors right gets the most um yeah financial reward yeah so with that not that they, just because of last year they didn't get it so they can't put money into it because there's budget caps they can't put so much money into that like, when they want it when there's up they can't just make upgrades when they want yeah or if something goes wrong they can't just scrap it and start again yeah they've got to keep so i feel like that that has actually pushed them back a little bit as well yeah, it's there is other things as well, but that is one of the things. Though, that is, I think that's a huge factor that's actually pushed them back. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's a new way they've got to adapt. But also, Has did. Do you remember Has came out and said how the upgrades were done for the year and they're focusing on next year? Yeah, I remember that because I specifically spoke about it and I was because I was so shocked and I was making excuses for them like, oh, maybe because they're such a small team, they can only afford like poor old Has can only afford to upgrade until like a few races ago, and now they've got to go the whole rest of the season with no more upgrades. Yeah. And then what does Gunter come out and say? They've announced upgrades for this next week. For next week, exactly. But so yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna try and avoid. I think it might be give, it, Do you know what might have given them that push? Is because they've just got points in the past two races. I don't. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I don't think it would be that simple to just know, change it, your whole it, season's output just because of maybe some something. Points. Something must have come up that they must have thought. Okay, let's do this. Plus, they've got budget caps as well. So even if they did change their mind. I'm sure their budget would have been allocated. I'm sure that even though they said that there were going to be uh, no upgrades, they must have put some money on the side for something in case something comes up. Yeah, I was a part of me was thinking like, did I actually hear him say no more upgrades a few weeks ago? But, I, like, I just you, heard it from you. Oh, Wilson, maybe yeah, I please. just heard it from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm ninety percent sure I heard it. Okay, we'll have to see what that was, but it is what it is. But yeah, I'm not going to trust Gunter anymore. Yeah, coming back to the race, that safety car. Who else pitted just before the safety car? Was it Haas? Um, Haas did a double pit, yeah, just before that safety car. And they lost that on the safety car. But the safety yeah. car was a bit... It wasn't like that's early on in the race. No, they tried to be really smart and just do a different strategy to everyone else. They got Gunter on Sky Sports straight away to explain it, like if it was actually for damage or something. But he just said, no, it was the strategy. And they were hoping that if it was a two-stop, they'd be better off Yeah, because of that, because they'd come out after everyone have clean air get to race fast and make up for it later on in the race but that safety car came at the worst time for them and it ruined it for them yeah so it ruined their chances yeah because um obviously magnetin started number 20 and literally yeah. after a few laps he was just up there he was like number 12 or 13 that's another where thing carlos I... was still like at number 18 or 17 i keep forgetting that magnuson has a ferrari engine as well so all of this talk about carlos's car blowing up last um race like Magnussen was having similar issues and he had to like save his engine and make sure he could finish the race. And then he, yeah, he had to start at the back as well. But Carlos did really well, to be honest. Driver of the day. He was, but literally, do you know, even though, when he took George, that's when I was like, oh yes, he's coming up. Yeah, obviously, because that was the only one that, that was the only driver that defended against him. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the big overtake. But then also he was following Checo for such a long time. Then eventually he said, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I heard that message and I was thinking like, Checo looks quite slow. Maybe he's not realising. No, but at that time, it actually looked like, okay, he's not. He, he was trying to catch him, but he couldn't. And then it looked, okay, that's not going to happen. But then eventually when he actually started, was just about to overtake him, box, box, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> All right, team, like, are you not watching the same race as us? They're like, it's like they were literally watching a different race. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, because I feel like, did, did they feel like, okay, he took him, but then uh, Checo came back. They must have thought, okay, that's it, not done. Carlos is not going to try again. Or maybe they were just not interested. They're like, oh, he's not going to take him. No point. Because he said it a couple of laps before that yeah. he's not going to. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention, Ferrari man. Pick they are your attention. It's just sometimes it happens. No, I don't think like there's no excuse for that. As much as <laughs> however much you like Ferrari, there's no defending that. 
like stay like, quiet for like 10 seconds that's not hard they probably did and they probably thought they they, they had stayed quiet and then they said it and then it was still the wrong time to say it nope <laughs> your defense even is then, not working imagine that i was just thinking imagine him just driving doing the old take and that time he's like not now not now and then afterwards he actually said come on guys what is this exactly like you got to concentrate a lot that's checo that's not an easy overtake yeah, that is that was one of the that was actually one of the highlights of the race as well. Just yeah, I think Czechos, Carlos was the highlight of the race. Yeah, definitely. That was a well deserved driver of the day. Yeah, it's just a shame that the penalty was deserved, but it's just a shame he had that penalty because without that, I think he would have pushed a lot more for a podium. And he would have actually ended up but, on the podium, I think. Yeah, I think he could have quite easily, but I think knowing that he had that five second penalty kind of changes like how you're driving. Yeah, because even though he took Checo, right? If you added that five second, he was still going to end up behind him yeah so he needed to take Checo and make a five second gap yeah. which is like twice as hard really taking someone is hard enough and then trying to open up a gap to them but then you never know he might have because of the virtual safety car because when Checo lost out because Checo was third when Carlos took him Carlos was third at that point right yeah and then Checo was fourth and then that virtual safety car came out just towards the end of the race when Carlo everybody says snoozed off but not Checo not Carlos sorry yes uh, Checo snoozed off but what actually happened was there was actually a I don't know what kind of misunderstanding it was but what happened something happened with the messages yeah. from the stewards and the teams or something that Checo thought safety car the virtual safety car is going to end later on yeah but it, and he slowed down a lot yeah and it ended like just as he slowed down a lot but at that time I thought whoa what's happened to the car yeah I was thinking George was right next to him and George just took him and that was just like whoa what just happened and it actually felt like oh something's about to happen to his car but it's just that it was a misunderstanding there and and you you snooze snooze, you lose lose. (laughs) literally (laughs) it is yeah but it was not and then from that moment it was like every two minutes Checo was like on the radio like oh George has gone off here. George has gone yeah, off here. Yeah, I can see Yeah, he's gone off. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's not... Because <laughs> nice he was trying try. to do everything just to get... It's like, yeah, get him with something and move him off. He was trying everything to get a message across yeah. to FIA. Which is good that those radios have gone now. Can you imagine, like, still hearing Red Bull and FIA maybe, like, trying to argue that? It's nice that we don't have that anymore. Yeah, kind of, yeah. No, but then otherwise you'd never know that it's a motor, a motor racing sport. The motor, it's a motor race. It's that's a motor they, race. <laughs> that's what they didn't let the other half overtake. Leave him well, I alone. Think we should, that I was mo- gonna, can I just say, this is just, it's going to take us off topic so much. We should come back in the summer break and just discuss a bit of last year. Yeah, we'll discuss last year, this yeah, season. Everything everything. that, because obviously we've never actually given our opinions of what happened last year and what we think about it and how oh, we feel about no. it. You're going to make me relive it. <laughs> You, you'll be finally reliving it won't you because Max so became torn. champion yeah but I'm so torn every time I think you about can't it. be okay don't, stop stop <laughs> we'll talk about it in another episode after Budapest sometime because there's a summer break coming and then we'll discuss it then fine and since we're on the it's not the same issue but since we're talking about Lewis kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Lewis's water bottle yeah, he came out in the post-race interview because he was on a podium. It's been so long since he's been on... Well, it hasn't actually. He's had no, he's had back-to-back l- podium. Four, four races now, yeah. Yeah, that's quite... Yeah. That's good, yeah. It's nice seeing Lewis just back it's up It's nice there seeing him back up there. And yeah, it was P2 as well this yeah, time. Yeah, that was good. That's the highest finish he's actually had. Yeah. Yes. Confirmed this time. Not yeah, unlike last time. No, because that's highest... Because he's, third, third, he's had third in Bahrain. Yeah. And then a few thirds now. And then a second now, so... It's getting better slowly, slowly. It is getting better, yeah. Maybe Mercedes on the comeback. But again, back to his water bottle not yeah. working. Yeah, he said his water bottle wasn't working and it was so hot. So like as soon as the race finished, 
and you realize these little things afterwards you're just like oh yeah that must have been even harder for harder. him to do what he's done yeah yeah but did you know a lot of the cars ha- because the new, obviously new cars they're heavier a lot yeah. of the teams have removed the water bottles from their cars because they add like an extra 500 grams or two kg really yes because um obviously it's not to force the drivers that <laughs> oh you can't have the water but it's just the teams have decided that a lot of drivers do say that we don't actually drink the water it's good to, i guess it's it's there if it's really hot they probably and i'm sure they could probably just put it back whenever they need it or something but yeah they have taken it out of most of the cars because it adds the extra weight fair enough that's yeah. like i did not know i would not have expected the water bowl to be something that was like disposable from the weight of the car like i know ferrari like stripped the paint a little while ago right they used different paint because it was yeah I guess everything weight. adds because if they sweat adds to it everything adds to it yeah that just makes you think like how fit the drivers have to be and like because yeah. they, they get weighed before and after the race as well yeah but that's just to make sure that there wasn't anything dodgy going on with how much they weigh right but just outside of race time they're gonna have to stay on a certain weight yeah that's why a lot of them don't eat the, those all of these fatty foods and some others do and they're just like yeah you can because your weight's fine yeah that's a sacrifice they got yeah because obviously the one. seats molded to their body shape as well so they kind of oh, is to, it yeah the seats molded to their body shape so they have to maintain that i'm sure they can change oh, it wow. as well but when the car's actually designed at the start of the year, they, the seats are moulded to their body shape, so that that's their seat, basically. Nobody oh, wow. else can just sit in the car and be like, oh, yeah, I'll drive this. But saying that, a lot of times, do you know when it is the, uh, the junior drivers come for yeah. practice? Then I do think, oh, how is that working? But maybe they we sort the seats out somehow. Because I know, obviously, there's this whole thing I've seen on the seats. Basically, the seats, like... The seat's got like those belts on it as well, so in case, God forbid, if there's an accident, the drivers doesn't have to be driver doesn't have to be lifted just to drive out the car. Oh, I don't know if yeah, the new yeah, cars yeah. are like that. I know the old car used to be. Yeah, no, I'm sure I the s- new car is as well. They wouldn't like go down on safety and do sort everything else. No, and go I've down seen on that safety. on Instagram where they're training and taking the drivers yeah. out of the car in case. So it's like, the, they seat, can't the whole seat pulls yeah. up basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how the. But I think when it's the junior drivers, they probably put their seats in then because if the seat can come out, I'm sure they can put the other person's seat in. Yeah. To be fair, if they're drivers they're probably going to be a similar sort of weight and size so it shouldn't be too difficult to change the requirements just for one session yeah moving on from the cars and stuff but sticking with mercedes and lewis it was like obviously everyone knows his 300th race which is like quite a big record right it is yes and but then everybody's been saying have you seen the thing where nobody's actually won a race after the 300th race yeah i saw that but at first, I was a bit nervous about that, but then it makes sense. Like, if you're racing, at but then it's your not on the same level. Race, not everyone's been on the same level as Lewis. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. Like, if you're like, no offense, but someone like Vettel, who's at Aston Martin, you wouldn't expect him to win a race. So even if like, he's been around for so long, if he was to get 300 races, you wouldn't expect him to win a race in um, uh, an Aston Martin. Just it could happen, happen. Like random people do win races sometimes it's not random but no random cars (laughs) (laughs) but um i always think of like uh ocon winning last year when i think of that that's why like so much happened in that race that's thing anybody can win a race anything can happen it's just that you don't expect it when it's when it happens it's unexpected yeah really but with lewis you do kind of expect you everyone is expecting him to win a race again and even another championship so if he's not this year He's gonna. He's obviously eventually gonna win it next year. Because I don't see him going to any other team, right? He wouldn't. No. I think yeah. when he leaves, he if he leaves, whenever he leaves, he, that's the time he would leave Mercedes. Yeah. So if he leaves Mercedes, it'll be to retire, not to go yeah. to another team. Yeah. Never, yeah. So as long as he's at Mercedes, he's always gonna have a chance of winning a race. Yeah. So hopefully he can be the one to break that 
curse of like it's not really a curse but the record but because it's just that you know this year obviously fernando alonso is breaking all the records of the yeah. most laps most race if he gets to singapore when he gets to singapore and the race start in singapore is the most races anybody's had in formula one oh wow so that's singapore but obviously this is like the third lap in france was that's the most laps somebody's ever done but wow. lewis is only a thousand laps away from him from that so fernando alonso is fernando alonso still there next year Ooh, yes. Without being so, I guess he's still breaking records next year. But yeah, but so, oh, saying Lewis next year, right? Lewis is second from Fernando Alonso's laps now. So the laps Fernando Alonso's had, I'm just thinking, was it Kimi Raikkonen and then Lewis? But, but uh, I was trying to count it and work it out. So next year, Lewis finishing all the races, he would be really close to breaking that record. But I guess next year when he's winning as well, so he'd be already breaking records. Yeah. Oh, so I just double-checked. Alonso, I think he says he has no plans to retire, but his current contract runs to the end of 2022. So okay. we'll see if he gets extended or not. I was actually under the impression for like a couple of a few months ago that everybody sorted their next year contracts out. Um, yeah, it was a lot of the talking points got quietened off because I think it was Pierre was a big one. Um, Checo was a big one. Daniel Ricciardo was another one that seemed to become like everywhere. Sorted. Yeah. But those three kind of sorted out and then it kind of quietened down stop a bit. talking about because then it just recently got we less interesting that yeah. Sebastian Rettel still not signed his contract with Aston Martin though he do, yeah. he's probably going to stay the team wants him to stay but nothing's been signed yet yeah so until it's signed nobody knows but yeah like you say about um, Alonso and Hamilton so as long as Alonso's still driving like he's just going to keep making, making those making records record, yes. further away from Lewis comparing the drivers Moving to from Fernando and Lewis to Charles and Max for a minute. The comparison everybody's been making is both of them had 16 poles in their careers. Yeah. And then Max has had 27 wins and Charles only had five. Oh, is it only five? Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Like, I understand it because, like, you have to compare those two because they're both fighting for the championship now. Right now, they're at the top of the game. Yeah. But, like, just listening to Charles speak when he was saying that after the race, this is the highest he's been performing in his career. Whereas Max has been at Red Bull for like seven years now. So he had a lot more, he might not have been challenging for a championship, but he had a lot more experience at a big team. So it's kind of an unfair Even though Charles has been at Ferrari for a few years now, but it's that thing of, I feel like the compar- this particular comparison is unfair to Charles because this is Charles's first time that he's winning races this year. Yeah, this is his first time he's been yeah, in a car. Max is, Max is champion from it. last year. So Ma- all those races can't towards something for Max, right? Yeah. So that becomes unfair that, okay, he's had 27 wins, but how many of them were last year? He might even still have more this year, but it won't be by like more than one or two more than Charles. Do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a fair... Like when you look at it on the face of it, it looks nice because they both had the same amount of poles. Yeah, and they're both there to, for the long run and they're both young yeah. and everything like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's like... The comparison's there to Max looks a lot better than Charles in that comparison. Yeah, but there's like, you can twist stats to make it look however you want, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you, if you compare the last five races, then it'll be different. If you compare the whole career, it'll be fully different. Yeah. It's that thing of what's the timeline and how you want to manipulate something. Yeah, exactly. Because last year is unfair because it was like that Ferrari was not capable of doing anything really. It was quite interesting to know that Charles, like 16 poles is quite a lot. So he's yeah, actually he's, he's really good well with the polls. Obviously, it's that thing. A lot of them have been this year as well, where as he's not finished the yeah. race, where he could have won the race, but then it's either been a crash out or a DNF or something's come up or something's happened. Speaking of not, obviously, 
the race finishes and everything. But uh, do you know when you think about it or when you hear it? Because Ferrari has been in the spotlight for such a long time about the engine issues and everything, all the yeah. issues, right? You think and you think, oh wow, yeah, Ch- uh, Carl, uh, Charles is like had so many DNFs. Yeah, it's been so unlucky for Charles. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's, and looking at it, he's only had three, and one of them was the last race. Yeah, one of them so, was this. Before that, it was two. Even though it, before this race, it still felt like, oh wow, Charles must have had a lot. He's not. He's had three DNFs. Yeah, three. Even though. At this level, it is a lot, but Max has had two as well. Yeah, so Max has had two because of the car, and Charles has had two because of the car, and then the one um, this weekend it's still was a, a driver. DNF, but it's, yeah, but it counts. Yeah, sometimes a mistake is a mistake. It's, it's fine to make a mistake, because yeah, look no, at what they're but, doing. But I'm saying only a DNF. I'm only looking at it from yes. the car's reliability. Yeah, if a driver makes a mistake or you retire for your own choice, then that doesn't count. Like Checo's, for example, a few races ago, Austria, yeah. where they retired him, that doesn't count as a DNF. And did they retire him in... Uh, just before Spain as well, or after Spain as well, one race. What race was that? I'm just trying to think. Nope. Okay. That, I was just thinking last year. Last year just came into my imagination. I mean, in Abu Dhabi, they retired him for some reason when, when he was he could have had a good position. It was the last race. I don't know why they wanted, but let's not go there again. Let's come back to that another time. <laughs> yeah, let's stick to but this season. But sticking in this, Carlos has had more DNFs. Is it more than anyone? Definitely in the top, um, the top two teams, he's had the most. And those are all car issues. That's why I think Ferrari comes under fire. because It's, it's not that. always been engine, but yeah, it has been it's car. It's been car issues. Yeah. That's why when you look at it like that, that's why it just feels like car... Uh, sorry, I'm, I always just try to pronounce their names wrong, but I don't try it, but it just happens. It feels as though Charles is the one suffering more. Because he's Ferrari, at the top, Because right? he's... Their, okay, I'm competing for the championship, but Carlos is the one who's actually suffering more. Yeah, that, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think like... Because if you go back to the start of the season, you know, Max had two DNFs in the first three races, right? And Charles finished all those races. So it made the gap look huge, right? That's like 25 times two, what, 50 points already in the first three races. Do you think that swing has kind of like made people put more pressure on Charles or make it look like Charles is way ahead of Max? Even though it was so early on, do you think that gap made people like think, oh my gosh, Charles is so far ahead. This could be his year. A bit too early? It did, but I think it's because also, because everybody knew that Mercedes is not coming up there. Mercedes is not up there. Mercedes Because Mercedes struggling. was yeah. already saying that they co- they're not sure what's happened to the car. They're not going to be up there anytime soon and all those things. That's why it looks like, okay, this is Charles and Max's fight. But because Max had two DN- DNFs, it looked, and Charles became a leader for some time in the points. That's why it looked like, okay, Charles is about to win this championship for like, However, it looked like I the know, start like, of the race, start of the season. But it's that thing, even now, I don't think you can count Charles out. No, definitely not. But I'm just saying at the start, I think that kind of skewed it a bit too much. Like, for example, if we, if they DNF'd in the same races, for example, and the points difference was the same as it is now, I don't think we'd be looking at Charles as like, oh my gosh, he's thrown away a lead or he was so far ahead. How has this happened? The swing has happened. He'd just be second and we'd be happy with it because we'd be like, that's actually a really good challenge considering like this is Ferrari's first time back up there but just because of the way it happened it makes it look more dramatic like there's been like a hundred point swing in Max's favour whereas really it was just unfortunate they had two early DNFs and he's had it late yeah exactly yeah but I'm still just still looking at that I'm just the Carlos part is still sit right he could have been there in the championship yeah he would have been past Checo a long time yeah he'd have been at least his second or third 
Yeah. So if anyone should be frustrated, it should be Carlos mm. more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, no. Daniel and Carlos are my favorite drivers. That's a given. That's just if you say so. Yeah, they are more Daniel, but then. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. One and two. They're my one and two. Oh, you got a first driver and a second driver. Yeah, because obviously it's saying that Carlos is there for a long time, for a long time. Yeah. Daniel's had Daniel's already been there for like, what, nine, ten years. Oh, wow. Has it really been that long? Yeah. So, yeah, it's wow. been a good run for me and Daniel, like, for being a fan. <laughs> it's been a good run like that. But obviously I still, like, I love Daniel Ricciardo. It's that I'll still be a, like a huge fan of his, but even after he got leaves, because wherever he goes, you kind of do want to follow their career yeah. to wherever it goes. But for Formula One, Carlos is going to most probably take that spot but yeah um yeah i think i don't have to think about that side of things because like max is quite young lando's yeah, really i'm not young. like troubling myself thinking of carlos is really young <laughs> yeah all the drivers i like are pretty young so i'd assume yeah. they're going to be there for the long term yeah i like carlos lando as well i like lando i like Pierre gasly so yeah there's a lot there's a lot of variety on the yeah there's because uh, all drivers are now young and you know one thing i don't think we realize this <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think we realise this, that, but, you know, now, like, Formula One is the best time there has been ever in Formula One. Yeah, definitely. Including the past few years, oh, when Lewis has been there as well. Lewis is a legend. Yeah. It's that thing of, in a few years' time, everybody's going to be talking about how they talk about, like, Schumacher. So, you disagree with Toto's comments? Did you hear his comments a little while ago? No, what was that? He said, oh, the fans might find it a bit boring if it's just Ferrari and Red Bull competing. So you disagree with that, right? The fans might find it boring. Yeah, exactly. If it's not Mercedes up there competing, he said. Oh, not because it's not... If it's just Red Bull and Ferrari. So he's basically saying if it's not Mercedes up there, the fans might find it boring. It's a bit going to be a bit of a boring title race. Yeah, because everybody knows it, it does make it exciting when there's all three of them up there. I don't think he was saying all three. I think he was just saying because Mercedes are not there, people are going to find it boring. So who does he want Mercedes to compete with? Like what, either Ferrari or Red Bull? I think he wants himself, just Mercedes up there, winning it easy every year. And that's more exciting for the fans. But yeah, I'm glad. I don't think having it easy, everybody would want it easy, but it's never going to be that easy, is it? And they're prepared for it. I hope they're prepared for it. Everyone is, because everyone knows that it's never that easy. It's just that everybody assumes that Mercedes assume, or Mercedes take it easy because they've been champion for such a long time dominant they've probably got used yeah. to yeah i assume that they've got used to being at the top for so long this is going to be but a it massive gets tougher and tougher every year it, it, i feel like obviously everyone has their own mindset right but i feel like this thing of because somebody's been dominant for such a long time they're taking it easy yeah they're probably taking it even harder they're probably even trying to work even harder yeah definitely which now this year you see the difference as though like now everybody's like what's happened to mercedes we feel the difference because mercedes is not there not because oh, it would make it more exciting for Mercedes to be there. Nobody wants the excitement of that part. We just want to see Lewis become champion again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just like on paper be the best ever as well. Officially, yeah. Because yeah. I think like I think he already is, but it will be nice to Because I think that. on paper as well, like paper, yeah. it's different on paper, but yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with eight. <laughs> yeah, no one can. Exactly. So that's that. Just before we end the episode, which driver do you think has... I don't want to say has the most pressure right now or has had the most pressure so far this season. This season, okay. That's interesting, actually. That It's good that you're asking me now because, like, a while ago, probably my answer might have been different. But like we spoke earlier with the two Max DNFs being early, giving Charles a big lead, and, like, on the, pay- on the standings, it made it look like 
Charles is clear. I remember like after the third race, I genuinely thought like, oh, the season's over. Max is not going to win it. Like Ferrari's won it. Charles has won it. I got to get my head around Charles being a champion. And everyone was telling me like, it's way too early. But I genuinely thought that because two DNFs out no, of three races. Because you think races, it's going to happen for the rest of the season as well. Yeah. you're the same pattern. Exactly. If it's two DNFs in three races. And I remember at that time, Checo was having trouble and AlphaTauri Red Bull engines were having trouble. So it was like, this does not look like a quick fix. But obviously, fast forward 10 races and it swung completely the opposite way. And I think because it swung like that, with Charles seeing the standings, seeing himself have like a 60-point lead, 50-point lead at the start, to now where he's like 63 points behind, I think that has probably given him a lot of pressure, just even if it's from himself. Because it's like seeing yourself at the top of that table with a healthy gap a comfortable gap and then it slowly slip away from you from dnf after dnf driving error whatever you want to call it little mistakes and those little mistakes only come like when you're feeling the pressure i think maybe yeah so i feel like especially because like we know ferrari have been out of the race for a little while now right mercedes yeah mercedes have been dominant red bull have been the only ones really pushing them and then this year this is their first time back and with Ferrari, there's a huge expectation. They're like the face of Formula One, the history of the sport. That red car is iconic. Like if you're a driver for Ferrari, you're expected to win races. Obviously, there's some slack for Charles. They understand like <clears throat> things go wrong. They're out of your hands. But Ferrari just has a massive expectation. And I think that could slowly build on Charles as well. So I'd probably say Charles. And also, I feel like, you know, with Ferrari, right? The reason... Obviously, the, the mistakes, whatever's happening with the car, with the team or whatever's happening, right? It's fine to happen this year only because the cars are changed as well. Everything's changed. They have so double excuse. the pressure, double the everything, right? But I feel like Ferrari, please, this is the only year this is like excusable. Yeah. It cannot is... happen next year. And we need Charles Champion at least next year, if not this year. But then Lewis needs to become champion as well. No, so next year's Somebody Airmark needs to Lewis. choose like, who's going to be champion next year. Somebody will, ch- will decide next year. When Although it comes. that one does look good on Max's car. So the longer it stays there, the better. Well, Lewis is not going to become, take that one when he becomes champion. You never know. He just might. If he becomes, I think if Lewis becomes champion for the eighth time, then he'll definitely take that one because he's never actually taken that number one. Yeah, he likes the... Like, I understand, like, unite your number, it has meaning to you, but... No, it does, but I feel like just... I'm taking that one. <laughs> just to take that, just to be, like, just on his, like, just before he retires, I think he'd want to take it at least once. To be, it'd be actually nice just to have it as well, yeah. like, yeah, number one forever. Yeah, signing off as number one. Yeah. yeah. As long as it they don't be... retire the number with him. No, they can't do they that. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I feel like the most pressure... In a sense, okay, I understand Charles has had a lot of pressure, but I feel like with Daniel Ricciardo, right, since the start of the season, even the end of last year, last year right, it's because he's come from a different team. He's come from a top-performing team that yeah. everybody compares him to when, how he was at Red Bull. And obviously, he went to Renault in the middle for a year or two. Yeah. But everybody compares him to that Red Bull and everybody just expects that because he's in the McLaren, it's not the McLaren somehow, it's Daniel that's doing bad. Yeah it's not just a driver. So I feel like a lot of pressure has come to Daniel in that sense where anything happens is Daniel. It's not the car. Yeah, it's If there's a bad finish, it's Daniel. If it's anything, Lando can, same thing can be happening to Lando as well, 
But this is where I'm going to stop you. Yeah, I don't. Well, let think me it say. Is. I don't let me finish my sentence, though. Go let on. me finish. You don't know what I'm saying. Go on. <laughs> if the same thing is happening to Lando, nobody's blaming Lando for it. But what what same thing has happened to Lando? Give me an example. It's that thing. Okay, he's over. He's mostly finished, if not every race. I think he, most of the races he has finished above Daniel. Yeah. But if it's been a bad finish, not just above Daniel. If it's just been a bad finish, like out of the points or lower in the points, it's never that. Oh. Lando's driven a bad race. Do you get it? Yeah, but I it's don't think that's with... fair. Yeah, I don't think that's fair to compare it that way because I no, think but I'm just talking about the pressure. I'm not talking about the, the comparison between Daniel and, and Lando right now. Obviously, even though there will be the comparison because they're in the same team, I'm talking. So what about are you comparing? Wait, just about the pressure. How the pressure is on him, whereas it's never the car. It's never nothing else goes wrong except Daniel himself. That's how it's assumed by. It. The world, I guess. Yeah, but I don't agree. Like, I don't get where Lando comes into that. What was you saying about Lando? No, I was just saying when Lando has had a, like a lower finish in the points. Yeah, it's never that. Oh, Lando's done bad, or it's just that it's it's just a race that's happened like this, or it's the car. Yeah, because the car wasn't performing like that. If Daniel and Lando both finish near each other, then it's obvious that it's acceptable that it's yeah, the car. Yeah, it's acceptable that it's the car. Yeah, but if there's a big gap between them, then it can't be just the car, can it? I'm not saying it's just the car, it's yeah. just Daniel. It, there needs to be a balance of sometimes it's the car, sometimes it's Daniel. And it needs to be said like as it is, rather than just it being said, it's Daniel. I, yeah, okay. I think like this is where your Daniel being your favourite driver is coming out. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to be biased. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I'm not trying to be, am I being biased? Am I being biased? Definitely. Well, well, well it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Those are my thoughts and opinions. Take them or leave them. It's your choice. You don't have to take them. But yeah. That's so, that. so Daniel, you think Daniel's had the most pressure? Yeah, Charles is odd in that sense that obviously with the championship thing, but Lewis is odd. I think every driver has added it to a different... It depends Just on this how, season. Just this yeah, season. How you, it depends how you see it as well. Lewis has... A lot of it's been taken off Lewis in the sense that the car's bad. Yeah. Do you get it? That car is actually bad, so it's not Lewis not being blamed for being a bad driver. Exactly. But whereas, even the McLaren might be a bit bad, but then, well, it's not the car, is it? Yeah, but where have George and Lewis been finishing? Really close to each other. They've been close to each other through every practice but session, quality. Yeah, it's a Mercedes. Yeah. That's why it's there. It's yeah. up there. But that's why I'm saying you can't you can't take that comparison to McLaren now. No, I'm not taking it. I'm just saying that. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying though? No. Does it make sense? No. Okay, it makes sense in my head. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the Mercedes comparison is perfect for the way, like, I'm saying if Lewis and George were, if there was a way bigger gap and Lewis was finishing, like, five or six places behind George every race, then, yeah, you could start questioning, like, what's going wrong with Lewis here. That somehow Lewis is a bad driver. You could start saying that. But you yeah? can never say that, though, because he's already... Because it hasn't happened, we can't say it. If yeah. I'm saying if, hypothetically, it happened, like it is at McLaren, then... Yeah. You could start saying that. Anyway. Okay, yeah. so that brings us to the end of another episode. Yeah, that actually went really quick. The that, episode? Yeah, that episode. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys.